The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down. They get the power. The power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time takes his kids to Disneyland we have the best time as well this family-owned company treats people right they do a great job they're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing do it to it and if you need a water boiler guess what they have that too okay bye-bye start off let's just rip this thing all right hello everybody welcome to the cat and cloud coffee podcast it's a sunny day in santa cruz and we're out here just parking lot pimping for you literally literally we're in the parking lot looking at tropical adventures and the dynasty restaurant for all your scuba needs and crossfit amundsen amundsen is a champion amundsen they have two locations yeah he's a cop and a champion he's a cop and a champion he'll arrest you and get you shredded not a cop anymore Citizens arrest. Citizens arrest. <laughs> citizens arrest. I'm doing. A I citizen. went to CrossFit Ready, and Nico, who built our building, is a coach there. He was also our GC for the build out. And I was walking by, and I hear someone yell at me, and Nico's just standing there with his shirt off, all sweaty. He wants a hug. Baka. what's up, dude? I was like, "What up, Nico? What up, Nico? What up, Nico? <laughs> That's your uh, A1 Santa Cruz East Side update." He's got a he's got a shirt, Nico, that says "Big Truck Little PP." Big Truck Little PP. <laughs> so he's trying can, to make a team name out of you that. You can buy that and support Nico Chancharulo Inc. <laughs> Captain Chancharulo himself. <laughs> Captain Chanch. Other updates in the world of Cat and Cloud. Our single origin menu is about to come online. You guys have been asking for that for at least six months. So everybody in the world who's interested in trying single origins, get ready. You're going to be able to order them and then. Drink them at home. On the 1st. That is a Wednesday, I think. Wednesday the 1st of February. That's day after tomorrow f- for uh, all y'all listening. I'm going to get up in the morning and push a couple buttons, and yeah. then you'll see these things on the website. For all y'all who think day after tomorrow might be a Thursday, that is only if I don't get this podcast up today, which is mm. a Monday. So that's a form of time travel <sighs> that we're just bringing to you right now. It's like Inception, Chris. It's a Nothing thing. set in stone, guys. The time-space continuum, it can be like very malleable. And all that glitters is gold. It's true. Update for me, I am super tired. <laughs> <laughs> My wife got to go up and visit her grandma, so I was with the girls all weekend. And uh, little little human interaction from anyone over the age of four and a half. So I feel a little weird right hey, now. Hey, Dada. Yeah. <laughs> One of my girls decided to rip her diaper off, take a whiz in the bed in the middle of the night. That was funny. I do that sometimes. Yeah. Chris wears diapers. That was what he was getting at. I got a new company <laughs> coming out called Daddy Diapers. Daddy Diapers? Daddy depends it's on diapers. diapers. for dads. <laughs> anyway, but I'm coming full circle. I'm excited to be back at work. We got a lot of fun stuff going on. But you know what? Before all that, <laughs> let's take a couple of guest questions. 
because people will be writing in, they be asking some questions, and I said, hey, Chris, let's answer these questions because that's what we do sometimes. Q the A. So one person, his name's John, works at Zito Coffee. Thanks for writing in. John, that's a fake name. No, yeah, he's all. but Well, he's John at Zito Coffee, so I'm going to just oh, go okay. out on a limb. He's no Smith. He's the real deal Holyfield. He wants us to talk specifically a little bit about uh, how we give the staff 20 bucks. So here's what he writes. Would you mind giving a little more detail on your approach to giving staff members $20 each for giving drinks? Is their shift drink included in that $20? And is this a monthly amount? It is a monthly amount. The $20 lives on an account. So if you don't know what John is talking about, we give all of our employees a $20 account. It lives in Revel, which is our POS system every month. It's associated with a gift card. Yep. That is tied to their account. So what this is for is it's in lieu of giving out a free shift drink or giving down a bro down or giving it's just oh gosh, what am I trying to well, say? Well, we're trying here? to get rid of the idea of there's that industry thing. We talked about this on a prior episode as well. The idea of just like hooking someone up because you're cool. And we want the ability to gift somebody who's in our industry or a family member a drink. But we don't want the value to be like the, the disrespect potentially that can come with it or the idea of it being to inflate you as an individual working for our company. We want it to be a gift that our company gives to our employees to then again gift to somebody else. We want it to mean something. It just needs to be accounted for. Yeah, it needs to it's be a like, responsibility. It's not like fake money. This like, is real. It's not like, oh, it's like I just give away whatever I want. And the reason we didn't do, you know, some companies do like you have one shift drink that you can give away for free and in my experience basically like one shift drink turns into 10 shift drinks and there's no real accountability on the shift drink right so if you're ringing in drinks that are going out you have to put it on your card yep and then it shows up in the pos is like the product goes out so that can be all accounted for and then you have a certain tab and, and i think the number whether it's twenty dollars thirty dollars whatever you want it to be it just makes someone think about it a little bit more. Right. Because it's not an infinite number of like beverages that you can give away. Yes. So it's just like, do I want to give this away to this person? Is it worth it? Like, I right. don't know. And it makes them acknowledge, why am, why am I trying to give away a drink? And hopefully the people who are, hopefully we hire all amazing people, but hopefully the people who are doing this aren't just trying to give away a drink to like look cool to somebody. They're trying to give it away to like actually give somebody a gift. Like they care about somebody you know it's like my mom came in sick i'm gonna buy her a drink or like somebody i'm really excited to see i'm like surprised that whomever from across the coffee industry rolled in and is like an industry nerd instead of us just being like we hook up industry people we then take responsibility for it and pay for it ourselves and make people have that attachment i don't actually like the idea of just saying we hook everybody up in our industry because our industry is awesome but the <laughs> lack of accountability and just saying we hook up industry folk isn't isn't that amazing. There's also the power of being able to please and do something special for somebody. Like say your uncle Chris, Jerry Harris, cool dude. He decides to roll in and it's been a long time and one of our staff members is like, Oh, I recognize this dude. He used to come in, he's a friend of Chris's and Jared's and they're like, you know what would be really cool is just like, I know he gets a hot chocolate, I'm gonna like buy him his hot chocolate today and then they surprise this guy with a hot chocolate and they say, Hey, it's cool to have you back. And all that is is like a really awesome experience that he didn't expect. And it becomes something special versus something that's kind of expected. That's really the biggest thing for me. I hate the idea of somebody expecting to get a free drink anywhere because they work in specialty coffee. 
It's really hard for me. It's also nice on the employee end because since you do have that stipend, everything you give away against that account is 100% guilt-free. You never have to question, like, should I give this person a free drink or not? Because you have to charge it against that $20 account, so it's totally up to you. Right. If you want to give away that whole 20 bucks to one person on one go and then not give away anything else for the rest of the month, that's totally fine. Right. And to but answer your other part of the question... It is a it is a twenty dollar a month stipend, so you know, it is uh, an investment of a, on our part for our team. I mean, twenty bucks times what thirteen people every month? You can do the math on that. That's the amount of drinks we're just allowing them to give away, and that does not include their shift drink for themselves. So, we allow our team to drink anything on shift that does not have milk or specialty ingredients in it free and as much of it as they want so that's tea that's coffee that's espresso that's an americano that's our buy the cup to the espresso machine all of those things are good beyond that we actually for our staff we give you can have espresso for free in our store if you work for us anytime whether you're working or not that's not something that you're going to come in on your day off and pay for and we kind of believe that that is going to allow our staff to get really um, good at tasting espresso and let's be honest understanding how espresso is supposed to taste takes a long time it's not something that you can train somebody easily over even a one two three four month period if they're drinking espresso every day i mean it took me a long time to really get what was going on in espresso and what i liked out of it so yeah it's a totally weird thing for most people because most people that we hire don't drink a lot of espresso I mean, most people in general don't drink a lot of espresso. Can I just tell everybody on the internet what's happening? We have a staff member walking across the street <laughs> with ice water because uh, courtesy. Oh. Are you drinking water? Thank you, Alex. Hey, Alex, wait, wait. Tell the internet something something profound. Something profound. Everything that you need to know, you already know. Whoa. Damn. Wow. That was very real. We're going to stop this podcast right here then. And, uh, yeah, he just said it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Alex. Thank you. This is one of our core values is courtesy and Alex just extended some extreme courtesy <sighs> by saying that, that we're sitting in a very hot, it's hot here in Santa Cruz today. Hotter it's than it's hot been right in a now. long it feels time. Great. Yeah. It's I like 70 amazing, degrees. Amazing dude. I feel just so sexy right now. That was very nice of them. And I could, here's the water. In addition to getting espresso for free and just kind of tied to creating that culture of accountability. If we come in when we're not working, we pay for coffee. So we if own I, the company, by the way. So like if I come in on a day that I'm not doing work and I, I have to stand in line with all the rest of the guests, just like a normal person, I go through the line, I get to the register, and if I get espresso, that's free. But if I want to get, you know, like a latte or a pastry or quiche or whatever, our staff charges me and I physically pay for that with an employee discount that goes along with it. But there's right. no like, oh, owner freebies or like. Right. Or you can choose to put it on that $20 gift card Or I can stipend, put it on the $20. Which I, you don't have to give it to people. You can use it for yourself. Right. Totally. You yeah. can charge it to your own game. But there is no like, there's no freebie situation. Right. Which is totally, yeah. Freebies are so problematic. Yeah. Because I'm, it's like the cafe is managing their own inventory. They're doing their own orders for everything and right. I'm, like i can't just come in and be like yeah i want like three of these and they're like you know, cool there goes my cost of goods you're like, on wait, three what's, pastries what's happening for the owner and it just i don't know you have to set the example for everyone else to follow you can't be the exception to all of your rules you know right and so this is 
I get it for anybody out there listening is like this is uh like at your shops you want to run the give anybody in the industry a discount or give it to them for free like I I totally get that that's that's your thing and that can totally work there's nothing inherently wrong with that idea but for Chris Charles and I what we're trying to do is we're trying to set up a culture yes of accountability but also kind of of excellence and respect and I have and I think a lot of people maybe can identify with this, but I have a hard time fully respecting companies that give things away consistently. And here's what I mean. Like all the companies I look up to and respect, I'll go to all these places and there's never a chance in hell I would expect to receive anything for free, whether I worked in the industry or not. And I want to also have people respect specialty coffee on the same level where they understand that they're investing in something that's worth investing in. And we need to earn that on all levels. And so what we're hoping to do, Chris and I and Charles is, and this whole team at cat and cloud, honestly, is to establish a, a culture of excellence that deserves and warrants the support of people's dollar. Like they're going to vote with their dollar by coming back and that's going to keep us in business. And that's, so. that's just our thing. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. It's like if you continue to treat coffee like it's just a commodity, then people will continue to treat it like it's just a commodity. And like, why would I spend five or six bucks for something that you're telling me has no value because you're just giving it away? I mean, extreme example, if I could get Michelin star food for free, would it be Michelin star food anymore? <laughs> you know, there's still like quality. Info. Or would people care that it's Michelin? Star well, something food? like that. Yeah, it's like, like would the it would still be the same quality, but like devalued yeah so the willingness for people to pay like x amount of dollars for it would go down or i guess what it would be is it would not exist you couldn't go get it unless you knew somebody and went to their house it'd be only on the hookup if you didn't pay for things that were special anyway it's just a weird thought it's not a thought it's how i feel it's what i believe in uh that's a good question though and uh that's why we do it i think uh it's interesting it's definitely a learning curve for some of our staff because you know, some of them have come from the coffee background where you just hand out drinks and it's it's slightly been a, a thing where they're like, oh, yeah, I guess this is this is kind of this is really cool. It's weird. Like so we and there's been a lot of interesting questions at the beginning of this. And, you know, we've only been open for four months, so we're still learning a lot, too, which is fun. High fives are free. High fives are always free, dude. Pretty much all the time. So are hugs and positive vibes. Hugs are hugs are great. Um, okay, so second question is from our friend Bi Brian Bullard from Bullard's Bar in Bullard's the Lake. Bullard's. Hope all's going well over in California, because it is. California. We know how to party. Um, so, we know, I know, Brian Bullard knows that we chose not to go the investor route. And Brian was wondering if we could talk about the pros and cons of getting investors when looking to open a shop versus raising the funds yourself or taking out major loans. Also, could you speak to the importance of bringing in some consulting folk as opposed to just figuring it out on your own? Question mark. Thanks for putting out solid material on your podcast, Brian Bullard. Okay, well, <laughs> well, disclaimer. Uh, we got a major loan. We've also, yeah, we got a loan. And I just want to say we've none of us have ever owned a company that had investors. So we've worked for companies that have had investors. Right. But we've never actually owned a company it's had investors. So we'll, we will give you the reasons why we don't have investors. But I just want that to be clear. Also, we're not fully opposed to investors in the long, long term. It's more just the idea of we needed to start our business without them. And 
part of it is the ability for us to execute and establish who we are, what we want to be in our pathway. And the idea when I say that we're not opposed to investors is that I'm not opposed to an investor once we get up and running and show that what we're doing is successful in that they can say, okay, I trust you and now you can run your business autonomously and I'm going to give you money in order to do what you do because I already know it's going to be successful. And so if we started our business with investors, there could have been a lot of strings attached. I think with money, there's always strings attached. And if you are just starting out as starting out as we were, you basically have no leverage. No so proof like, of concept. And just like, I mean, the person with the money can tell you to do whatever they want because you don't have, you have no power. Right. So you basically have a boss. So you don't know what's going to happen. And I, you know, I, maybe there are angel investors who are willing to sign all the right paperwork and all the right documents to ensure that no matter what happens, you are able to do whatever you want with your company. No questions asked. But I feel like that's like a lot more rare than people make it sound. Right. And I feel like a lot of people who have investors, and this is just what I've seen, is like there are strings attached and there are people to answer to. Because I'm like, if I'm going to start my own company, I don't want a boss. That's what right. I'm getting away from. So an investor to me at this level is just like a boss. Right. And it would have been a lot easier for us to take in money from someone. Oh, who way easier. Many people offered us money. It just didn't feel right. We needed to be 100% secure and that we could do whatever we wanted. Yeah. And I guess we could start to get into why some of it's weird. So we got a SBA loan, Small Business Association loan. SBA loans are easier to get than traditional bank loans because they're in great part backed by the federal government. Right. I think like 80 to 85 percent is guaranteed by the federal government. So they're they're easier for the bank to give away in that way. But they're kind of like a pain in the butt to deal with. So there's two ways you can do it. You can get a bank that underwrites their own SBA loans or... Our bank, Lighthouse, which they were great to deal with. They don't underwrite their own SBA loans. So once you get approved for the loan, first of all, to get approved for the loan, you have to have a pretty sizable cash position right. already. You have to have a lot of money to get a lot of money. So we were fortunate enough to have some savings as a group to be able to put up for this loan. Right. But we but didn't even get a large loan. We considered. didn't even get a large loan. We had 250 thousand dollars yeah and we actually were trying for more we actually didn't qualify for the amount of money that we needed to start the business and that's a big portion of the kickstarter and why we jumped into that realm and that's 250 i mean yeah quarter of a million dollars a lot of money but then you just start to chip off the block that's like everything from zero right and when you take into account you can easily you know just spend 50 grand on the low end for like a coffee roaster if you want to which is what we had to do. You know, if and you it, like you could go did. vintage probat and spend like 125 grand on a coffee roaster too. Yeah, which I would consider a waste of money, but which that's kind of dumb, but <laughs> if you're balling like it ain't no thing, yeah. but um then you got to do a build out. Yeah, then out. you got your build out and everything that goes along with it and we were starting with a small building, but a building that basically needed everything. We rebuilt the whole building. You got to throw the book at that thing. So 250,000 Bet the bottom dollar on that bad not boy. Not really a lot of money in, in the whole scheme of things. Yeah, basically spent nearly, whatever, one and a half times that. So when you go that route and you 
you basically have to ask for funds to be released, which everything's on a time frame. Or it's like, let's say I want to buy this roaster. You have to pre-budget the thing. You pre-budget the whole thing, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to buy this roaster. It's going to be 50 grand. So then you, you contact you know, the roaster and like, hey, I know I haven't bought the roaster yet, but can you write me the invoice for the roaster that I can send to the bank? And then you send it to the bank and you request funds, and then they do some things. And then a little bit later, they like release funds. And, oh, this is the key. First of all, shout out to Charles for taking care of all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, Charles Jack's good yeah. on the back end. I thought I had a fucking headache with this stuff. When you do your budget for your loan, you put specific things in specific buckets. So let's say I'm a, I have a $250,000 loan. We're going to allocate $50,000 of it for um, equipment. We're going to... Right. For like leaseholds. We're going to allow $100,000 for this. You can't flex that money around. Yeah, you so have to, if, it is what it is. If you have an equipment budget of $100,000 and you need to buy $150,000 worth of equipment, even if you don't spend some of the other money in your loan, you can't just automatically shift money from like leaseholds yep. to like another category. Got to figure it out. You can shift X percent, which is not very much. You can fudge it a little bit. Yeah. But it's not, you got to really know what you're going to spend your money on. And that's a pretty big challenge. That's a huge challenge. I mean, you have to <laughs> you have to do a lot of pregame research, and we're pretty lucky for one to have Charles who can who can look at all those things. But also, we're lucky to have had a lot of experience in the past looking at things like this and helping you know some of our previous employers build out shops and you know look up equipment and so on and so forth. And Chris helped find other people's sh- uh, equipments, 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 multiple equipments, lots of the equipments. Shops. So yeah, I mean that was that was hard, and I mean there's no easy way to open a business. You just need the money. If you want to open a business, you need money. So if you do have it, you have it. Great. If you don't, you've got like a few options. You know, can you get a regular bank loan that's just straight up? Can you get the SBA loan, go through the work, or do you? If you can't get either either of those two things, which we almost couldn't. We would have had to go. Yeah, it was borderline with our we SBA almost didn't loan. Get it. it was not easy right get so i mean that's the case right do you believe in what you're doing enough to take on investors or to find the right people and i guess my advice would be if you're gonna find people to invest in you um make sure that you get a really good contract and get a lawyer to look at that thing and really 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 make it airtight tight to protect both parties you need to be able to execute what you're trying to execute you need to have a good relationship with the person you're going to get money from, and you need to make sure also that 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 document, whatever you guys both sign, protects him or her as well. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a process. I mean, opening a business is not easy. I mean, I'm sitting here really proud of what we're going to do. I know we're going to do amazing things, but it's in no way, shape, or form easy. Yeah. I, oh gosh, I'm so glad we don't have investors right now. And I'm not talking crap about anybody that does, because that's one of the things, like Jared says, if you want to do it and you don't have the other means, like you got to do it. But it's you got to got to make sure that they resonate with what you're doing. Like coffee is like such this weird thing. It's it'd be so hard to explain to someone why we need to spend money on certain things and where the value in those things lies. Oh yeah. If they don't know the industry or not resonating with. Like the way the vision works or whatever. I mean, pretty straightforward. I mean, even even between the three of us, we'll sometimes have 
disagreements and conversations where we have to get to the bottom of why we want to do things and where the value lies. And that's a good conversation to have. But there's times where the three, Charles, Chris, and I, we're really aligned on like our beliefs and values. And there will be times when Charles or Chris or myself will be like, why would we want to spend money on that? Like, what's, what's, the, what's the importance of that? And then we'll have to talk through like weighing the pros and cons. And, and so, I mean, if three people who know each other and have worked together for a long time can have issues with this. Imagine somebody who has no idea why you want to buy a $20,000, whatever, Strata AV. And you do. We do. And we have <laughs> good do. reason for it. Or why you want to, like, spend a bunch of hours and allocate payroll towards employee development. Oh, when maybe gosh. it doesn't, like, make sense immediately on paper to where it's like, hey, we're going to re-up on this we're going to add this training we're going to do that yeah. and they're like uh yeah what if we just had the people come to work and then leave with no extracurricular training because it's cheaper that way and um well that leads into the second no, no part. big deal we're just like making coffee right Ugh. but yeah lawyer lawyer up so hardcore you have to lawyer up so hardcore yeah and you're gonna have to pay for that lawyer bt dub so pay for that lawyer, but like lawyer the f up like a mofo mm-hmm 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 uh, so that leads kind of the second, you just were touching base on what I think will be a good conversation for the second part of this thing. And then I feel like we're doing great. Touch That'll it. be a good way to finish off this podcast. Um, the base part two of this question is, could we speak to the importance of bringing in some consulting folk as opposed to just figuring it out all on your own? So I don't actually look at this when you say that as just bringing on consulting folk. And I'm not, I said that kind of intensely, but what I mean by that is, you don't have to bring on a consultant per se to get external education. There's external education out there um, in a number of different ways. And I think it's just finding ways to be creative and, and decide what you need to do and where you need help. So, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Okay. Figuring it out all on your own. That to me just sounds like, I mean, we can assume right now that we're not talking about coffee. Yeah, I right? mean, I mean like, or just like open the book. What do you not know as a human being, right? There's like for me personally, there's some things I know and there's a lot of things I don't. For Chris Baca, there's a lot of things you know and there's a lot of things you don't know. And then how do they all work with opening a business and a, specifically a coffee service retail experience business? I mean, this is you're asking kind of a big question. Like what if you look at yourself honestly, how comfortable are you and your team with all of the things that go into running a business well? And for me, Chris and Charles, even currently, it's like, I'd call it 70% of the I'm way like there. I'm not 60. very comfortable with a lot of things that go along yeah. with running a business, which is totally fine because why would you be in the sense exactly. of that you've, you've never done it before? Right. So like, we can't really stand here and be like, yeah, dude, we know everything about running a business. It's like, no, you don't. And that's totally cool. As long as you're aware of it and are willing to seek help, like right. Jared says, in whatever form it comes to you. And- we, I mean, we have a little bit of a budget to spend on this stuff. So we just took an employee engagement class at Disney. Yeah. It was expensive. Yeah. It's like 1300 bucks a person. A person times four. I had to kind of, I mean, it, it, it took what, two or three times bringing it to the table before we agreed that it was a good idea to go. That was yeah. one of those things. We had the conversation. We're like, uh, at first it was like, I don't know if it's worth it. And then it was like a... We don't have the budget. Let's plan for it. And then it was like, all right, let's do this thing. Yeah. I mean, we first brought it up that, like, we actually didn't have any income. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, we just don't can't have do it. the money. Yeah. But 
you don't have to do that. I mean, you can figure out other ways to do things. There's a lot of resources. There's, I mean, books, podcasts, talks, talks, and figuring out a way. Podcasts, we, for we sure. We talked about having like a book club, like, okay, right. audio books specifically. But, I mean, if you want to read, you can totally read too. But for me, I like, I'm the auditory guy. So, and there's time invested in reading that sometimes you don't have a lot of when you're opening a business. Yeah, I like book when I work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Do a little or like walk. But take the take those things. Like let's say, okay, I got these ideas. They're in this book here. We're going to read this book. Everybody on the team's going to read this book. And then we're going to group up. Yep. You know, and recoup in 2 days. Talk about what we learned and figure out ways that we can apply that to our existing business. Right. Because the knowledge is out there and a lot of it's going to revolve around what you choose to do with it and how you choose to implement that. Right. You know what I mean? Like like and even the even the class at Disney, like great class. Glad we went. But it it could be so easy to just go, come back and then not do anything about it. Right. And so, I think yeah, no that's a that's a really good point. And what I keep thinking about when you're talking about that is it's like everybody has strengths. And I think you and I are lucky and we also have a pretty awesome team. We're kind of lucky to be able to convert all the ideas and apply them into our business. And part of that is all the experience we've had in knowing what we want to do and don't want to do over the years. But I do think that some people would go to those classes and be like, They'd get home and they'd feel like they were swimming. Like there's so much to do. How do we even begin? And right. I even feel that way a little bit. Fortunately, I do. There's a lot of nuggets that there's I took from nuggets. there. And if nothing else, something like going to a place like Disney Institute for me is that I'm going to a place that has tried and true experience. So like for me, it's really good. It's obviously some marketing. They're really good at marketing. But right. there's also like they're not bullshitting me. They're like, this works for us, right? I know this works for us. And I can go there and say, yeah, that's definitely working for them because they're like a billion-dollar company. And they're like, these are the things we do. It's up to you to figure out how to do it for your business, but this is exactly how we work it into ours. And for me, that's it's really helpful. Yeah. We're getting our photos taken. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I feel really professional. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that's uh, – and maybe for somebody out there, it's going to be really valuable to go to somebody who you can trust in that they've executed this stuff and not just go to like Joe Schmo, the consultant who's like, well, it's nice to, okay, I'll give an example. And this yeah. is why I think the course had more value than the idea, because here's the thing. A lot of the stuff they talk about is super obvious. And when you hear it and I'm talking to you and I tell you this idea and you're like, well, fucking obviously dude, that's a good idea. Right. But like, how does that work in practicality? So here's an example. Um, when you go to Disneyland, they have these people in downtown Disney who are, their, their job is to sweep up the area and keep it clean. They wear like all white. They have a broom and a little um, dustpan. And their job is to sweep downtown Disney. Custodian. That's it. They're, they're like, for all intents and purposes, they're like a custodian, like some sort of glorified janitorial situation. Right. Lowest level you know, possible on the totem pole. Yeah. At the whole company. Eight weeks of training and orientation. Right. For someone who was going to sweep 
the streets of a theme park. It kind of blows my mind, too. Eight weeks. And they break it down in a way where you're like, that's totally justifiable. For the biggest entry-level position. And this is why they do it like this. So out of all those eight weeks, they're basically getting familiar with the culture of the company, the values that Disney has as an organization. They're getting familiar with the story mm-hmm. of Disney and where it came from and, like, because their job, the, like the last like half hour of those eight weeks, they're taught to sweep. Right. Because right. it's easy. But how they frame this is that like, even though they're just quote unquote a janitor, they're part of the show that is Disney. So even though they're sweeping, they're interacting with park guests. Yeah. They're like they're ready questions. to give like any information at a moment's notice, and they feel so confident speaking on behalf of the organization that they have. It's just super powerful. So kind of blew my mind. The turn, and when I say turn, the turnover in that department is less than 1%. How many of you all would stick to that? Which is insane. That? Like On the real. How high is your turnover? It's more than 1% for sure. Guaranteed. Think about how many like people they employ. 3,500 people on the floor at Disney at any time. It's phenomenal. 24 hours a day. So that was like a cool insight to me to where it's like, you know, people are like, you have to go heavy on the front end with orientation, training, get people familiar with what you're all about. And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Right. Duh. And like, then they do that. But then you're like, oh, okay, this is why. And this is what you can get from that is like you're weeding out people throughout that whole eight weeks that aren't going to fit. Right. You know, people are given the opportunity to opt out of that training and orientation multiple times. So what you're left with. When someone who does get to that end of eight weeks is like, you can be pretty damn sure that that person is going to be an awesome worker. Yeah. They know what you're all about. And they're probably going to be so bought in that they're going to stay with your company for a long time. Right. So that's what you're doing. You're paying up front for the longevity. Right. And everybody says, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the money. I don't have the thing. And I'm not saying that we're perfect or anything. But I'm saying if you think you can't do that, you're full of shit and you're basically making an excuse because you don't want to spend the time. You don't want to spend the money. Right. And you just don't want to do it because it's like, hey, man. And I totally get I'm not saying everyone should do this. And I understand that if you're in a like if you own a coffee shop, people come in, they give you money, especially maybe you have a couple stores or maybe your first store is really successful. Right. Busy as hell. People come in, give you money, people leave. Y'all, this maybe, is easy. Maybe you have like really <laughs> high staff turnover. Right. But, the, but at the end of the working. day, you're like, dude, like I'm making money, whatever. Right. That's fine. You should totally continue to make money. And like seriously, good for you for being able to make money because a lot of people can't. So that's yeah, respectable in and go. of itself. But compared to what it could be. Like, what are the intangibles of your business? Like, how does it feel when people come in there? Right. Like, what's your overall customer satisfaction? How much more money could you be making? Even if you're making a ton of money, that you could hurt. probably make more. Right. You just have to pay up front for it. So that was, like, a cool example of, like, how that works. Like, Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big example. I don't it's, know. It's very much... And I'm not, like, just... Full disclaimer. Chris doesn't like Disney. Jared loves Disney, and like I have a certain love for Disney that's associated with my childhood, but I'm not like a Disney fan. So you're hearing this from someone 
who is just not like a fanboy. Right. Because I know everybody knows like Jared's a fanboy and like people are like, oh, you're just fanboying out. It's not the case. Like, Chris did not even come to Disneyland with myself and the two other I did employees. not go to the park. He skipped out and he's all, no, nah, I'm not going to the park. I went to SCA instead. Yeah. But still, like th- that's like, that was like a powerful example of how paying in to like your culture, finding the right cultural fit, right. And, like spending the money up front. I mean, it was eye-opening for us because we had a long training process as is, and we're probably going to extend it and focus it a lot. And I honestly, I I think and thought that we were pretty good at training, but I think we have some good ground to gain, and I'm really excited about it. And for me, that's that's 1300 bucks per person in the bank, well worth spending. And not to mention, I have two up-and-coming amazing leaders who are now also on board to do these things and, and align with the way I think. So that's that's a big reason to get consulting. If if nothing else, then your team also, whoever's building these trainings and looking to learn, if nothing else, then you guys all get on the same page. Like That's almost worth paying for in and of itself. Yeah, it was like a cool experience to just be together and like have that time it's also really energetic and refreshing and again encouraging too we spend a lot of money you don't have to spend five or six grand right to send four people if it's like the first thing you're doing or whatever just like i don't know just do something yeah look for information do something take away one nugget apply that right you know there's so many things that we came across we're not going to be able to apply them all at the same time and that's okay it's like Long process. You know, every day, 1% better than you were yesterday. Yeah. Compound that over, like, your entire life, and that's your growth plan. You know what I mean? That's For, Forget about, point. like, you're not going to be like, I'm going to be 10 times better than I was yesterday. It's right. just not feasible, and that's okay, so don't put that pressure on yourself, but it's okay to not know it all. And I'm a stubborn son of a bitch, you know? Like, I hate cool. not knowing it all, but it's I do the reality. It, but you just don't, and that's cool. Like, and we know that we don't, and we need to make moves, and that's fine. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we're not good at the things we're good at. You can still have wins and successes along the way. That's totally chill. I, like, I didn't come back from Disney all down on ourselves. Like, oh, no. we suck. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's a lot more work we can do. Right. It's cool. Yeah. No, I felt the same way. And it is encouraging to go there. They do a good job making you feel like you can go handle this business. And that part's really cool to me. And it is. It's really hard to not have it all locked in and be perfect. But that's the whole point. Nobody does. So I think the smartest thing you could do is decide where are you and your leadership team like lacking the most and find a way to, to get information in those areas, whatever it may be, and then try to come up with some attack plans. Because that's how you do it. This is how, how we do it. What are we rocking? Like 35 minutes? No, I don't think so, dude. Are we deeper? Oh, 38. Man, we've been talking. Yeah, dude, we did it. Let's got some hot energy, dude. I got energy. 6 a.m.? I got, I got energy. energy. Shout out to Moonlight Press, dude. That's, a, that that's button. the stuff. I know. It's still here on my you shirt. You want a little pin, dude? Moonlight Press. 6 a.m. I got energy. I'm feeling pretty good about this, only because we got more meetings to have. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, Charles just came back from uh, Mexico. Tulum. He had a family trip. That's a different country, in case you guys weren't wondering. Yeah. He's a great guy. Oh, I I said it wrong. Moonless Night Press. Oh, Chris, you almost blew it. Moonless Night Press. Hey, if anybody... got the pins. If anybody hears the cars... If we're you hear outside. the cars, we're outside. I apologize, but you know what? This is who we are right now. This is life, dog. This is how we bring it to you from the, the streets. We'll for bring real. it to you from the streets straight up. What up? I see Alex in there. I All can- right. Anyway, guys, this has been the Cat and Cloud. 
coffee, life, bonanza podcast, friends, friends podcast, and we're going to catch you on the flip side. And I hope you enjoy your week. Be well. Bye. Bye.